Business Net Explorer. Product News Podcast Channel. This is BNE Product News, supporting specifiers and buyers. This podcast is sponsored by the BNE Product News Podcast Library. Well, hi, this is Mick DeLayburn for Business Net Explorer. And welcome to a special edition of our BNE Product News Brand Leader interview series. Today, we're talking with Dave Marshall George, Sales Director at Condare the humidity control specialists. And we're going to be looking at how food and drink manufacturers could increase their profits by taking a fresh look at their factory's environmental controls. Well, Dave joins us on the phone. Hi, Dave. Hi, Mick. Dave, so tell me, how does humidity affect food manufacturing? Well, that's a good question. There are lots of different applications for both humidification and dehumidification. With humidification, we could be uh, humidifying to offset evaporative losses experienced as meat goes through the chill-down process. So we humidify the chill store to reduce the amount of water that leaves meat uh, as its temperature is reduced. Of course, meat is sold by weight, so that has an effect on the bottom line. We could be preventing surface drying. A good example of that is if you put unwrapped cheese in your fridge, uh, you'll get a... A, um, a dry surface which would have to be trimmed. Of course, in an industrial process, that trimming reduces the amount of product that you can sell. We could be suppressing airborne pollution. So that could be dust or other airborne pollutants where we humidify the air to 40 to 60 percent RH. So there's enough water molecules in the air that can bind to dust particles. That makes them heavier and makes them fall to earth. So we suppress that, um, that dust or pollution. Or we could be preventing static that occurs as product goes through a machine. Often we get an imbalance of electrons uh, between two surfaces and by humidifying over the static threshold of 45%, we allow those, that imbalance of electrons to distribute through the moisture molecules in the air. And for dehumidifiers, we could be controlling condensation. So if we've got an open vat of water or fluid that is at a higher temperature than the room condition we could be preventing moisture migrating to other parts of the factory and condensing on places where it's going to cause corrosion or we could be improving the coating and drying process to improve drying process times again that has an effect on um, on profitability and if all of these things go towards improving yield and reducing waste reducing an evaporative loss or cutting waste by one percent can give the manufacturer one percent more product to sell and potentially one percent more profit on their bottom line it's typically a sector where margins are pretty slim and cutting waste and improving productivity just by the slightest margin can make a huge difference in fact quite often Return on investment in a humidity control system is measured in months and not years. Well, Dave, just to step back a second, I think most people understand the concept of humidity, that is, it being the amount of moisture in the air. But what actually is a good humidity in food manufacturing? What does a good humidity look like for a baker or cheese maker or even a supermarket? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, it's quite a broad question. Uh, there's so many processes in food manufacturing. And as I think you'd probably expect, there's no one size fits all humidity level. Different types of products and processes need different levels of humidity. Now, we're humidity control experts. And what we're trying to do is help 
the manufacturer find the ideal humidity for their particular product or process and then maintain it indefinitely so no matter what the weather is doing outside it's not going to affect their process. So if we're working with a food manufacturer to prevent moisture loss from a product then we'll be looking to create an environment that's in equilibrium with the product. Different foodstuffs have different levels of water content. A banana is around 75% water, cheddar cheese is 35% water and some soft fruits like watermelon or strawberry can be as much as 92% water. So for this type of product we'll be looking to humidify the air to a level that stops evaporation from the product surface. Keeping the ideal of level of water content in the product will keep the product quality high, it'll maximise the shelf life and for any product sold by weight simply mean that there's more product to sell. However, the ideal humidity isn't going to be the same as the product's water content. Can you give us an example of that, Dave? Yeah, sure. Um, to go back to one mentioned earlier, the water content of cheddar cheese is around 35%. So to minimise evaporation from the cheese during ripening, the humidity typically is kept at about 75% RH. Well, at this level, there's an equilibrium between the cheese and air and moisture movement is inhibited. Okay, so quite a difference. Um, so what about if a manufacturer is doing the opposite and, uh, and specifically looking to dry a product? Well, under those circumstances, we're trying to create an environment with a humidity that's much lower than this state of equilibrium to encourage the evaporation of moisture from the product surface at an optimum rate. For this, air movement as well as a consistent low air humidity has got to be considered. The more dry air you can move over a product, the more moisture will be extracted by that dry air. Would that be a bit like drying clothes outside on a windy day? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice analogy. And actually, it's an interesting point because the weather and outside conditions generally have a huge impact on the work that we do. Temperature and humidity are intimately linked. And as the air inside a factory comes from the air outside a factory, changes to the weather significantly impact what the air is like inside. Uh, for example, in the winter, the outdoor air is cold and generally feels quite wet. Well, in the UK anyway. But because the air is cold, it physically contains very little water. Cold, cold air is like a tiny sponge. It can only take a little bit of water to fill it up and saturate it. Whereas warm air is like a big sponge and it can physically hold more water. So when cold air, your tiny saturated sponge, enters a building in the winter and is heated, it magically turns into a big sponge. Its capacity to hold water increases as its temperature rises. So now that it can hold lots of water, unless more moisture is added to the air, its relative humidity is low. This is why in winter outdoor air feels wet with relatively high humidities, but heated indoor air is actually very dry in the winter. But for food manufacturers, if they experience production issues in the winter, but not in the summer, it's often a good indication that the root cause of the problem is humidity related. So do manufacturers not always know the cause of production issues? Yeah, not always. And sometimes production losses are thought of as simply being part of the production process. Now, for instance, moisture naturally evaporates from meat or vegetables when they're being chilled and exposed to dry air or from barrels of whiskey or wine through the casks when they're aged. This all leads to reduced profits. 
and humidifying these processes can mitigate this loss but often manufacturers are unaware of this and simply see the loss as inevitable however the majority of our customers in the food sector do know that they need to control humidity and the issues they'll face if they don't now, for instance, cheesemakers maintain different levels according to the type of cheese being produced. Stilton and Danish blue need high levels of humidity, otherwise the lovely blue cheese moulds won't form correctly. Similarly, a sector like baking has got to humidify during the dough proving to either inhibit a crust forming or promote a certain quality in the crust. Well, there are so many variables to cater for. It must feel good as a professional um, to be able to find a solution for any of the many humidity issues that can be encountered in uh, in food and drink manufacture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, working with a company to help facilitate or improve their processing is always the most satisfying. It's even more so when you can do it with a manufacturer who isn't initially aware of the possible benefits. These are the ones that I find most rewarding. Absolutely. So what should manufacturers do if they want to explore whether managing their humidity differently could have an impact on their production? Well, the first step is to have a detailed understanding of the production environment. And this isn't just a general understanding of the average temperature and humidity in a room. It can be much more detailed than this. For instance, it can take into account the microclimate directly next to the produce or process in question, particularly if there's a temperature difference between product and atmosphere. If the product is colder than the atmosphere, this can lead to condensation. If the product is warmer than the atmosphere, it can increase moisture loss from the product's surface through evaporation. And understanding these cause and effect relationships can allow a manufacturer to manage the environment differently to inhibit any negative impacts. Even slight improvements can lead to significant production benefits. Okay, so then for a manufacturer that has now made a decision to gain a better understanding of their production environment with a view to potentially increasing profits, of course, what is the best way for them to get started on that journey? Well, usually monitoring the air using a data loggers is a pretty good first step. And uh, that will allow them to understand any possible improvements. But I'd recommend asking a local Condair sales engineer to visit and make an assessment. We can offer a free site survey and are always happy to talk to manufacturers who are wondering if they can improve productivity through managing their humidity. Lastly, check out our website, condair.co.uk. There's loads of information there, including a really useful 10-point guide uh, to managing humidity that's specifically written for food manufacturers. Okay, well, Dave, thank you for exploring best practice for humidity control in the world of food and drink manufacturing with me uh, for this special edition Brand Leader interview podcast. Plenty of food for thought for our listeners, as there is clearly a real opportunity here for manufacturers to take a fresh look at their environmental controls very easily. And if this results in an increase in profits, that has to be good for business. Great. Well, thanks for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Mick. Well, cheers, Dave. For more information about Condair and humidity control, please go to www.condair.co.uk. Well, thank you for joining us for this latest edition of the BNE Product News Podcast. And please stay safe. Follow us on Twitter at BNE Product News to keep updated on our latest product news podcast releases. And visit us at businessnetexplorer.com to find more product news and information for specifiers and buyers in the construction and building services and associated manufacturing and energy sectors.
Business Net Explorer podcasts are now available via the Apple Podcasts app, iTunes and on Spotify. You can subscribe to access our existing content and of course to receive every new podcast that we publish in audio format.